Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. These pillars of alignment, we can consciously design our values so that our values are in alignment with our vision. Because a lot of times our, our initial value system has been created by parents, teachers, coaches, and most people go through their entire life operating from those values. And most people don't know that they can rewire their own values. It's intercepted. Picked up by Alex Molden. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Okay, welcome to the Shark Effect. My name is Alex Molden. Uh, I'm your host. And, um, you know, in life, you kind of, sometimes people are put into your life for different reasons. And some of them you might think you know, and others that, you know, it just happens. And it just so happens that my next guest, um, I ran into him uh, maybe two, three months ago. And I was taking my kids to go work out, do a track workout. And it just so happened that he was out there with his two little boys. And, you know, I took my, my dog to the track. I know I'm not supposed to, but I took my dog to the track and, <laughs> and whatnot. And um, we just kind of kicked it off. And we started to talk a little bit, um, you know, ask questions and come to find out he's from close to my old neighborhood. He's from Colorado. He's from actually he's from Pueblo. I'm from Colorado Springs. But uh, he's a, a great individual who has, um, he has some great knowledge and he's open to share it to make us all better. So his name is George Carroll, uh, fun loving dude, down to earth, no BS family guy who is passionate about life. Uh, he was born and raised in Pueblo and, uh, you know, he had a dream to play pro football, which I, I, I know a lot of us boys growing up, you know, we always have a dream of playing pro football, but uh, in a freak accident, he shattered his leg and ankle during his senior season at the University of Northern Colorado. You know, at the same time, he shattered his dream. You know, he's feeling depressed and suicidal. He discovered hope and inspiration in attending transformational training and events. And through his own personal metamorphosis, he was inspired to help others on their own journey. He's the owner of GC Training and Events Corporation. He now has nearly 15 years of coaching and speaking and training experience. He's a fun-loving dude who has, he brings a lot of energy to the stage, and I'm sure he's gonna bring a lot of energy in his interview. George, 
Welcome to the Shark Effect. Alex, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Man, so, so tell me a little bit more, man. Um, you know, how'd you, growing up in Pueblo, playing, uh, playing football, did you play any other sports? Yeah, I played uh, baseball, football, and ran track as well. Obviously not until middle school. But, I, you know, I think you'll appreciate this in that, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where the kids were three and four and five years older than me. So anytime we would go out and play football or play basketball, I had to level up my game to play at their level. And uh, by the time I got into, you know, organized football, organized sports, where I was playing kids my age, I just totally blew it out of the water because I was so used to playing other kids who are bigger, faster, and stronger than me. And I know you know the impact that that, that kind of activity has of, of putting yourself around people who are just better than you and how much it makes you better, how much it sharpens you. Uh, but that was that was sort of the beginning of, of my love for the game of football is just being around it, playing with these other kids and, and having a good time doing it. Absolutely. Now, now let me ask you, was it was it scary? Did you have to kind of get over that intimidation with guys so much older than you? You know, I just, I didn't know any different, Alex, growing up. I, I didn't know any different. So I just went out there, gave it everything I had. I remember getting hurt a few times, you know, but uh, I just kept at it. Mm, that's cool. Now, was it um, like out of choice or was it just, hey, this is the way it, it, you know, it has to be or it's going to be. You have kids in your neighborhood, all of them are just older than you. Hey, if you want to yeah. roll with them. Right, exactly. You know, I think I think we all want to belong to a group. We all want to be accepted into a, a tribe, so to speak. And everybody was playing sports. And my brother was five years older than me, and I wanted to be like my brother. So I went out there and uh, did my best. Mm, I love it. So then you end up um, going to University of Northern Colorado, the Golden Bears. Yeah, right. go Bears. Yeah, go. Okay, yep, my brother cool. went there. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my I didn't know that. There. Yeah, my brother went there. <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting a full ride scholarship to to Northern Colorado and uh, redshirted my first year, which is you know you just sit the bench and learn the system. And then my second year there, my sophomore year there, I ended up starting and getting all conference honors. Had a breakout season. Same thing my junior year, and, and my junior year was pretty cool because we had this nationally televised game, which at the time, it was a Division two school, so that was huge for us, and there was no social media at the time, and so we were on, you know, Fox Sports, and we had this nationally televised game against one of the top-ranked teams in the nation, and I came to play hard that day. I ended up having one of my biggest games of my career, 10 catches, 215 yards, and the winning touchdown, and, and that kind of put me on the map. And in my mind, I'm inching my way closer of, of becoming a professional football player. And then my senior year comes, same thing, have a great year, have a great start to the year. Uh, 10th game of the year, our se my senior year, uh, it's a final home game. I'm 95 yards short of breaking our school record for yards in a career, which oh, is a wow. pretty big deal. And on that freak accident of a play, it was just a simple run play. And the run came from behind me. I was blocking the DB. I was, you know, blocking, I was blocking you, so to speak. And as I plant my right leg to give one last sort of, you know, push into the defender, the running back got tackled from behind and all of that force and weight come crashing down on my leg and ankle and it just shattered. And, um, and after that, it was, it was done. They took me to the sideline, took off my socks and my shoe. And I looked down, my leg was dangling there, kind of Joe oh. Heisman like, if you will. And I look at the trainer who is working on me and I look him in the eyes. He's very hesitant. He says, sorry, George, it's, it's over. And I still get a little choked up thinking about it. And um, the, the most bittersweet th thing happened after that. So they, they put my leg in an air cast to try to stabilize the brake as much as they could. And as they started carting me off the field, I had my head down, but I hear these loud applause from our, our crowd. And I look up and everybody's sending me off in a standing ovation most bittersweet moment of my life. And, you know, after that, I fell into a really deep funk, deep state of depression, started doing lots of um, different kinds of drugs and alcohol to try to stuff the pain. And um, that's when I was suicidal at that point in my life, because I didn't know who I was anymore. My whole life was becoming a football player, but that was now gone. Um, and then I ended up moving to Denver, Colorado and got a job in sales because I needed to pay the bills and, and did really well there within six months. I was moved into a management position and I was managing a team of 12 salespeople. And I got, I got a taste of what it was like to teach and train and develop people. And I loved that aspect of it, but I 
couldn't stand having a boss, so to speak. Mm. And so um, after about two years of managing and leading, I just felt like I was stuck and I wasn't making a difference. I fell back in, into those old suicidal thoughts and those old patterns. And one morning I just, I was, I woke up crying. I look up to the skies. I said, God, why am I here? What's my purpose on the planet? And that was a very important turning point in my life. A week later, I found myself in the Denver Public Library and I was just looking for hope or inspiration or something. And I ended up finding this book called Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. And as I was reading this book, I started to get chills in my body. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Alex, you read something or you watch something and you just get chills words. And all of a sudden, you know, I get inspired. So I got go on this 30 day media cleanse where I decide hey, no more negative information coming through my mind for 30 days, just positive, uplifting, empowering information in my mind. And after 30 days, I remember feeling rejuvenated, feeling optimistic again, feeling good about myself again. And so I was inspired and I wouldn't resign from my comfortable six figure salary at the time. And in that two weeks in my two weeks notice, I wasn't teaching and training uh, what I was supposed to be teaching and training on like technology upgrades and sales techniques. I was teaching what I was learning out of these books to my reps. And after two weeks go by, I ended up giving this sort of heartfelt speech on my last day and everybody's crying. We're, you know, a real tight team. And I remember three of my reps come up to me. They said, George, you should be a motivational speaker. George, you should be a motivational speaker. George, you should be a motivational speaker. And the third time something clicked and I heard it and I was like, okay, I'll become a motivational speaker. And that was the moment that I knew that I was going to pursue that new dream of becoming a speaker. Oh, that's so cool. So, so tell me, like, when you're talking about with that 30-day cleanse of, of media, was that something that you just came up on your own? Or was it something that you read from the book? Yeah, it was a concept that I read in the book called Garbage In, Garbage Out. Basically, the information that we consistently consume has a major influence on our mindset, on our mood, on our emotional patterns. And I, heck, if that's true, I'm just going to cleanse out any negative information coming in and I'm just going to flood my mind with positive, uplifting, empowering information. And it made a huge difference. Mm, that's so cool. And I think, especially now with, with social media and, you know, this younger generation, you know, they're glued to their phones and some of it, it's, you know, they, they want to see who, who's commenting, who's liking all their photos. But another thing, they're, you know, with that, they're also getting the negative, right? The trolls that are, that are you know, trying to, trying to cut them down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're getting all of it. And if they're not policing the information, um, even research shows that it negatively impacts our mood and our attitude. And it totally uh, filters the way that we experience the world. So if we're feeling in, in a negative mood or pessimistic mood, it filters the way we experience the world and other people around us. So, you know, I, I'm kind of a, um, a very disciplined when it comes to what information I, I consume. And, and lately I've been on a, me a social media cleanse. I've been on social media in a long time, only with the small groups that I run, but it, it's made a big difference again. And so, it, and like you said, especially this day and age during this pandemic, it's like there's so much negative news and we have to understand that, you know, the media's job isn't, isn't to provide accurate news. The media's job is to, to scare us and to fill us with fear. And so we have to just recognize where we're getting our news from and make sure that, that we're also seeking out because our brain will look for more of what we consistently focus on. It's kind of like that new car effect. You get a new car, all of a sudden you see your car everywhere that you go. Well, same with negative information, negative news. You consistently consume and focus on negative news. Your brain is going to help you find more negative news because you tell your brain, hey, this is important. Let me find more of it. So you move in the direction of what you consistently focus on. And right now with the, the, the overwhelming amount of negative information out there, it, it makes it a lot more challenging to stay positive. Absolutely. Yeah. So this year has been the most trying. I know it's not just for me, but you know, for everybody with, you know, the social injustice that's going on, the COVID schools and, and whatnot, it's a, it's heavy. And if, you know, if you're constantly on the, on the news, I mean, that can, that can start to, start to tear you down. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So let me ask you, so with that, you know, there's different things that happen in life that kind of shape us. And from, listening to you just over the past couple of minutes like that that 
that injury, it sounds like that was one of those moments that really shaped you. I know my injury, my knee injury, um, uh, really started to finally put something in my head where, hey, football is not going to be here for you all the time. You need to start to find out who you are. And it sounds like that was, I mean, that injury was that for you. Is there, is that true? And, or is there another thing that, that just happened that you was like, man, this is shaping or it was a defining moment for you? Yes, sir. I mean, definitely the leg break because it forced me to give up my dream and seek a different path. And I didn't really find it until that second uh, deciding moment or that definitive moment of when I was at my last day at my first job at a college, giving that speech to my team and three of my reps come up to me and say, Hey, George, you should be a motivational speaker. And you know, Alex, I know you're, you're a man of God and you're a spiritual man. And, and I truly believe that God communicates to us in a lot of different ways. And in many cases, it's through other people if we're willing to listen. So I really took that as, as a message from God that says, hey, here's your new dream. That moment was really helped me create a new vision for my life. And as the Bible says, without a vision, people perish. And I think right now, and, and during these times, as you mentioned, social injustice, the pandemic, everything else that's going on, all the heaviness, it's like I think a lot of people have lost connection with their vision for the future. And a lot of times we feel lost as a result of that. So maybe now, for those of you who are listening, and maybe now is a great time to reconnect with the future, reconnect with your vision and get inspired again about the future. Because if we're just focused on the now, focused on what's going on in the world right now, it's easy to get down. It's, it's easy to get negative. Um, so we got to make sure and keep one eye on the future, one eye on our vision as we handle what needs to be handled in this pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a leadership coach. Now, I know you said you started off um, with speaking, and I want to I want to dive into that too. But how did it? How did you get that confidence that you know to become to to lead others? God, what a great question! You know, I think because I was I was so down and out, you know, suicidal, just feeling like I didn't have any purpose. I didn't feel like I had any meaning. And then coming across a couple of different bodies of work. The first one was uh, learning around about Tony Robbins' work and realizing that a lot of his work comes from this other body of work called NLP or neurolinguistic programming. And it's how to change the patterns uh, of believing of behavior of emotions in our mind and in our body. And uh, for me, when I was able to go through this sort of, it's a 14 day certification process back in 2008. And in such a short period of time, I was able to break free from so many limiting fears uh, and, and blocks that were in the way. I just was like, whoa. And that certification training gave me the tools and the inspiration that I needed to say, hey, I want to take this out and I want to start helping people. So after about a year of being certified and attending a lot of Tony Robbins events and just a lot of different transformational seminars and events, uh, May of 2009 was when I started my, my coaching business, my coaching and workshop business. And I rented out a small office space in Denver, Colorado, and I would just see clients in there. And, and that's how it all got started for me. You know, I just, I, I said yes uh, to the vision. I got started and I took action and I began seeing clients. And it was just through the process of working with a lot of people in a short period of time that helped me, you know, how, you know, you go to the gym, you get those reps in. But working with a lot of people over the course of a short period of time really helped me strengthen my ability to help people create positive change in their life. And that built confidence. It built competence. Um, and, you know, since 2009, I've just been uh, gradually growing my coaching and, and speaking business. But that's what gave me the confidence is, is my own personal metamorphosis, my own personal transformation to say, hey, this is possible. Um, because I think that, you know, it's, it's one thing to read a book or go to a training and then apply it, but it's one thing to go through your own transformational process and have the confidence that you can help people. So that, that was it for me. Absolutely, man. And you can be able to pull because you've been through it, right? You've been mm -hmm. through at the lowest of the low and you didn't want to be there. You didn't want to stay there. So you did some, some reading, you want to educate yourself and find out other um other people's views right that have been through the fire so you can it sounds like so you can kind of get um some stability 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Stability and certainty and, and just a sense of confidence that, hey, I, there's a lot of people out there that are coaches. You know, the coaching industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the world right now, as you know, being a leadership coach. And um, it, it was just a great time to get in. And, and now more than ever, people like us, Alex, I think are so needed because people are struggling. People need help. People need clarity. People need guidance and wisdom. Um, and, it's, and what a blessing and an honor is to, to be able to hold that space for people. Yeah, absolutely. Man, like you said, man, you start talking about reps, right? Having somebody that can, that can help guide you, right? When you went to Tony Robbins and then getting those reps. And, and then pulling from your own life. Nobody else's but your own life. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's, pretty, that's pretty neat. So, you know, we had a conversation about this a little bit a while ago, but with Tony Robbins, there was something that was pretty eye-opening. I know when you was telling me that you guys did at the end of, the, uh, of that 14-day deal, when you was walking over something <laughs> or running. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it was a, I it, was a <laughs> it was a different uh, different seminar than that the fourteen day certification. Okay, training. but Anthony Robbins has this four day Unleash the Power Within event, and at the end of day one, he has everybody do a fire walk. It's uh, twelve feet of twelve hundred degree burning hot coals, and it's a powerful experience because the mind doesn't believe that that's possible to walk literally walk across fire. But when you, um, he, and he coaches you and he teaches you, you need to get into a specific state and he coaches you how to do it. But when you do it, you look back and you think, man, I thought that wasn't possible. And then your brain starts thinking, what else do I believe that isn't possible that actually is possible? So it gets you thinking at a different level. It gets you thinking about your limitations in a different way. And since then, you know, I, I've uh, facilitated a lot of different firewalks for my clients and it's just such a powerful experience. Uh, Alex, if you haven't done it, my man, I highly recommend it. Walking across fire. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. We've we've walked we've walked across, across glass too. You ever done a glass walk? That's very powerful. Oh my no. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the that. kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> that's the kind of crazy stuff we do, man. It, it really challenges the mind to to because not only do we just walk across glass for the fun of it, but we say, okay, the glass represents my fear of failure or my, the glass represents my, my fear of success or whatever it is for the individual person. Mm-hmm. And as they walk across it, they send a powerful message to their unconscious mind that says, Hey, even though I'm afraid I'm walking through it. And it just creates a powerful transformation within people. Mm, I like that. Um, Okay, so success is overcoming obstacles, right? On the way to your dreams. What were the keys to success for you? The first one that comes to mind is getting help. I mm, think yeah. uh, a lot of times we, we tend to try to figure out ourselves, whether it's too much pride or we're just stubborn or whatever it might be. I think the fastest way to shorten the learning curve is to find somebody who's achieved what you've achieved and learn from them, model their strategies, model their mindset, model their behaviors. And that's the fastest way to shorten the learning curve. So for me, that's where if there's something new that I want to learn, I go to the person who's doing it at the level that I want to do it. And I I gather as much content, learn as much as I can from them. And that helps me shorten the learning curve. Um, you know, and, and the other one that comes to mind is simply not giving up, you know, our three day event, the greatest year of your life, whatever the F it takes, whatever the F it takes just simply means never giving up on your dream, no matter how hard it is, no matter how challenging it might be, it just means never giving up. And so I think with those two things, um, you really set yourself up for success because you get to learn from people who are already doing the thing that you want to do. And then you develop a mindset of resilience that, Hey, no matter what happens, I'm not giving up. Mm, I love that. So tell me, how do you, how do you structure your life? Like, like for me, what, what gave me finally structure is, is from an old coach. And, you know, he, it was more football terms. But then when I looked deeper into it, it has some core principles of it. And so I speak on this. It's called alignment or assignment, alignment, adjustment. And it's like, man, when I start really looking at my life, when I'm aligned to, you know, my foundation, which is my faith, 
if I'm aligned to that and I, uh, you know, and I can make those certain adjustments and I know what my assignment is, it's like, man, it makes everything so much easier for me. Do you, do you yeah. operate like that? Do you have anything that you can share with my listeners? Absolutely. And in fact, if you, uh, if anybody wants to get my book, they can get it on Amazon. It's called the greatest year of your life. And uh, it's how I structure my life is part three of the book, but I'll just walk, walk you through it and walk your listeners through it real quick. If that's all right. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the first thing that we want to begin to tra training our brain to do is to uh, look for more wins. And the way that you do that is you acknowledge the wins that you've already had. So my challenge to the listeners is right now, uh, as soon as this is done, I want you to make a list of the top 10 wins that you've had in 2020. As challenging as that might be, what you begin to do is you begin to train your brain to seek wins. And remember, whatever you focus on consistently, your brain is going to help you find more of. So make it a habit uh, on a daily basis to write down the wins from the day to train your brain to look for more wins. Um, the second piece to that is having a personal or professional mission. And, um, you know, at our three-day event, I walk people through this process, but it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out mission. You know, my, my mission in life is to help people transform to the greatest version of themselves. That's, that's plain and simple. Uh, that's my mission. And it helps keep me focused. So uh, having a long-term mission in place and knowing why you're here, it, what it really does is help you define what your purpose is here on the planet. So that's the way you want to look at your personal or professional mission is, God, why am I here? What's my purpose on the planet? And it may take some time to figure that out, or maybe you already know it, uh, but have it written down somewhere, have it, you know, cemented uh, somewhere so that you can read it every day. The next thing is to, ha is to have a future vision, a 10-year vision for your life. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Tony Robbins, he says, most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year, but they underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we look at setting goals for the year and maybe we don't achieve them or make progress toward them and then we kind of give up. But what we don't realize is there's a compounding effect that happens when you consistently hold a long-term vision in your mind. And so what I instruct people to do, and I invite your listeners to do this, Alex, is literally to script out in 10 years, if you were to have your ideal day, your perfect day, where you know, you're firing on all cylinders in all areas of your life, write out a one to two page vision story of what that looks like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And my vision story is in my book. I'm not going to read it to you, but it's in my book. And what, it, what that allows you to do is because the brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So when you write out your 10-year vision for your future and you constantly read it and you constantly embed that vision, those images, those feelings in your unconscious mind, your brain begins to go to work to help you find the resources, the circumstances, events, the people, whatever you need in order to bridge that gap. And one of the keys to this exercise is to use every single sensory uh, modality that you have, you know, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and, and really use full sensory engagement to create that vision, not just see it, but really feel it. And what are the sounds associated to it? Make it so real in your brain that your brain begins to believe that it's real. And then it goes to work to help you find whatever's required to bridge the gap. So that's the next step. Uh, then after that, then you want to chunk down to the theme for the year. Like what's your theme for the year? Like this year, the theme for my year is the, the year of bold expression. It's a, you know, a year for me to really get my work out there in a bigger way, to step into being a leader at a greater capacity. So I'm curious, Alex, just you know, as, we're, as we're chatting here, do you have a theme for, for this year, whether you've written it down or not? You know, do you have a theme for this year? My theme was to uh, expand my, my platform. You know, my platform nice. with, with, with speaking, um, I want to, to do more um, uh, events. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's, it's virtual, but yeah, my, my plan was to expand my platform. And that's, that's why you're, you're here on my podcast. So yeah, yeah, I, I guess, I, I mean, I wasn't thinking of that like for a year, like what you're telling mm -hmm. us, but I, I love it. I love it. 
Yeah. It's kind of like your think of it as like your mission for the year. Like this year, this is my focus. This is my mission. And, and every year you can change it, but it kind of just gives you direction. It helps uh, give you focus, uh, especially in a really a crazy chaotic year like this. It just helps us gain clarity. And then uh, the next step in that is what are your top three goals? We don't want to overwhelm ourselves with a whole bunch of different goals. What are your top three goals that you want to accomplish for the year? And, you know, I like to use the smart model that, you know, when you're writing your goals down, making sure that it's S specific, M measurable, A, that it's awesome, meaning that it lights you up when you think about going after it. Um, the R uh, stands for relevant. Is it relevant to your, your mission, your vision, um, and your future? And also, is it time bound, setting a time stamp on it? Um, and then underneath each goal, I always walk people through a process of understanding like, why is it do you want this goal? Because you can know what a goal is, but if there's no emotional juice behind it, when things get challenging, there's a chance you're going to give up. So Alex, I'd love to kind of, you know, put you on the hot seat here for a moment if you're, if you're up for it. What's, what's one goal that uh, you're, you're committed to achieving this year, you're excited to achieve this year? Oh, man. So... My goal was to be more impactful as not just as a father, but as a person um, who's, who's coaching, who's coaching athletes, but also who's coaching individuals to be like the, the, the version that they want, like the, at the highest level. So mm. I don't know, that's kind of that's broad. That's kind of broad, but I, I just want to be impactful to, to help, help someone who might not have even known or even thought of what their potential could be. I want to help them see mm. that. That's powerful. That's and so a powerful I, pra goal I practice it at home. Yeah, I practice it at home with my, you know, with our, with our kids, with our eight, with our eight kids. I, I practice it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So that's a great goal to have. I can just, I feel the passion around it. You want to have a positive impact. You want to help people kind of realize their potential, tap into their power. Um, and, and so I want to ask you just kind of a, a question that I'm going to stack on top of each other and that will help you. Uh, and you probably already know this, um, but it will help the listeners kind of see how do you, how do you figure out your why for each goal? So, so Alex, by achieving this goal of having that kind of impact, by helping people tap into their potential, um, why do you want that? What would that give you underneath the surface? That would give me, number one, it would give me joy. It will inspire me. It, it lets me know that because I was once that person, I was once that person that, uh, that I needed somebody in my life to kind of tell, to point me and, and show me what, man, what, what I'm capable of, what is out there. You know, I, I was just thinking I was going to be that that kid from Colorado Springs that's going to join the Army, be just like my dad. Not saying that's anything bad, but there's something more out there. And so it was just like the joy that I got when somebody told me, hey, if you follow this path, there's a big chance you can become exactly who you want to be. And so that's what lights me up, and that's what I want to do for anybody I come in in contact with. So that, that joy, that feeling of being lit up, of being on purpose by having that, what does that give you underneath that? What does that give me underneath that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. What does it give you a sense of underneath that? It, it starts to let me know like what, what my, um, am I aligned? It's, it's helping me, my alignment with my faith. Hmm. And, and for me, that's, that's where everything starts off with is my faith. Powerful. So by having that alignment with your faith, what does that give you a sense of even underneath that? Knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm. I'm doing what God Ooh. called me to do. Ooh. And as you, as you tap into that, what, what feeling do you, do you tap into there? It lets me know I am not wasting my time on this earth. <sighs> That's the juice right there. That's the juice right there, brother. That's the core, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can I love feel it, yeah. the energy. I feel the I feel love in that. I feel the the purpose in that. And that and that's how you find your why. I think sometimes we have a goal and we think, okay, why do I want it? Well, and maybe maybe I can help more people. Well, by helping more people, what does that give you a sense of underneath that? Well, you know, it gives me a sense of 
of passion, excitement. By having a passion, excitement, what does that give you underneath that? So it, it's a digging process That's where right. you really yeah. get get to that core. Absolutely. Um, so, so understanding that why. So very powerful. Thank you for for um, for playing with me in that little exercise there. No, man, this is this is magnificent, George. Let me tell you why. And it's something that I want to. Um, I think I'm going to do an episode. Uh, it might be my next episode, but we watched this show last night on Netflix and it was called the cost of gold. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but no. it, it's told, it's told the story of these Olympians. And I think who narrated was, um, uh, what's this, what's the swimmer as all the Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. So it told the story about all these phenomenal athletes and what they've had to sacrifice and what was their core. Their core was being an Olympian, winning gold, making lots of money. And that was when you at when you asked them, if if you were to ask them, that's what it would be to be an Olympian. And that's why, man, it was a uh, it was sad that there were so many of those Olympians that committed suicide. When the fans, when the sport, when they were basically kicked out, they didn't know who they were. They didn't have this discussion, George. And I was one of them. When I finished football, I didn't know who I was. My core was football. And it was, you know, I was depressed. I was... Um, I wasn't suicidal, but I was like, I was asking questions of myself and I wasn't walking with the Lord. So, um, yeah, this is, this is, you do have, you have to do a deep dive into who you are. (laughs) Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can, I can always tell when people are are just kind of coming up with a head answer because they, they typically just respond quickly, but you some deep breaths in you did some honest searching in there some honest digging and we got to a really sweet space and so you know for your listeners it's important to have a goal but the 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 juice the engine the fire behind it and understanding the why behind why you want that goal um and that questioning process will help people get there uh last couple of things and then and then we'll just i'll just open it up back to you is is number one uh the next thing is is having a vision board you know again the mind doesn't know the difference between real and imagined and a vision board is just simply uh sort of a poster board with a bunch of pictures images and words and symbols that uh, are relevant to the goals that you want to achieve and by spending time feeling into the energy and the emotion of that vision board on a daily basis really can help your brain support you in finding the resources as well. And then the last thing is uh, something I call your pillars of alignment. Your pillars of alignment simply are values and definitions that you have associated to those values to keep you on course. So uh, there's a question I always ask my audience to help them reverse engineer the decision-making process. So Alex, if I asked you, hey man, tomorrow we're going skydiving. You come with we're going skydiving. Yeah, we're going to jump out of an airplane. You want to come with me? Uh, that's a no. <laughs> that's a no. Yeah, so, so half of my audience typically raises their hand and say, let's go. The other half, like you, are like, nope, I'm not going. But let's reverse engineer the decision-making process because we have to remember that the journey to our goals is built on a series of decisions that we make. And so we can learn to influence our decision-making process with these pillars of alignment. So when, when I asked you go skydiving, the first thing that you had to come up with in your mind was an image of what skydiving looked like. I'm, I'm curious, what was that image? We're very far up in the, in the airplane and I'm looking down and it's just, it's very far down to the ground. And um, it's something that I never like, oh man, you know what? I want to go skydiving. I, I never had that pop into my head ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that image of you looking down to the earth from way up there probably produced a, a, a feeling of uh, maybe pain or discomfort or fear. Is that accurate? Absolutely, man. My heart rate is already up. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and as a result of that, and it all happens in an instant, as a result of feeling the pain that you associate to skydiving, your answer, your decision was no. And so what we, what we triggered was you probably have a value of uh, maybe safety or familiarity or comfort that's, that's more important than maybe adventure or you know, risk-taking. Is that accurate to say? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the, pe- and the people who raised their hand, the people like me, I just went skydiving a couple of weeks ago. But the, the people that raise their hands, when they think about skydiving, they get an image of exhilaration, of adventure, and they get so much pleasure from that image. They say, oh, yeah, I'm going. I raised my hand. So what we did there was just we simply reverse engineered the decision-making process. And why that's so important is, and this is on page 108 of my book, these pillars of alignment, we can consciously design our values so that our values are in alignment with our vision. Because a lot of times our, our initial value system has been created by parents, teachers, coaches, and most people go through their entire life operating from those values. And most people don't know that they can rewire their own values. And that's the process I take people through um, in, in helping people get clear, okay, what's your mission and vision? And then what are the values that you need to embody to get in alignment with that mission and vision? Because sometimes the old values that we hold on to from childhood are out of alignment with who we are desiring to become. A great example of this is my parents loved to death, um, but they, their number one value was comfort, security, familiarity. They did not like change. They're very change adverse. And, and so when I went to college, which was just two and a half hour drive away, it was one of the hardest things I had to do because their belief was ch- change is a struggle. Change is hard. Change is challenging. And so I adopted those beliefs and even those two and a half hours away is the hardest thing I had to do. And then when I started a business, a business, as you know, Alex forces you to grow. I mean, there, Mm -hmm. there is no other option. You have to grow. Um, And if I have this old value of comfort, then I'm going to have what's called an internal conflict. I have one value of growth, but another value pulling me back, trying to keep me comfortable. So the process of pillars of alignment invites you to take a look at your, your mission and your vision. And then consciously and intentionally choose the values that best align you with that mission and vision. Is this making sense? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, that, that's the sort of the structure that I operate every year from. I, I revamp and renew uh, this entire structure. And this is what we do at the greatest year of your life as well. Mm, I like that. So what if you're like... Um you know, my listeners are kind of like me, like for me, I operate, I, I guess I used to operate, I used to make quick decisions on the playing field, right? I used to make them like mm-hmm. within a, a millisecond, but now mm-hmm. I take information in, I process it. I take it through like, what do I want to accomplish? Uh, why do I want to accomplish it? You know, it's so for me, it takes me a little bit more time to make those decisions like like jumping out of an airplane is is that okay is there something that can help me you know speed up the process or or is it okay to to slow things down that's a great question you know um when you're on the football field things are happening so fast so i mean having the ability to make those quick decisions and act upon them is useful in that context but in the context of maybe growing a business or working with clients, um, it, you know, you may not need that kind of quick decision-making capacity. Um, I think the question that you may want to explore is, is, is your current decision-making process slowing you down from achieving your mission, vision, and goals? Yeah. And, and if it is, then begin to explore ways that you can speed up that decision-making process because you have the capacity, obviously. You know, you played pro football for eight years and um, you know how to make decisions that fast. But sometimes when you're growing a business, sometimes uh, making those fast decisions can, can fire back against you. Um, so if it's, if it's supporting you in achieving your mission, vision, and goals, I say keep doing it. You know, what's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it's slowing you down and you want to speed things up and you want more growth, more impact, then uh, I think it's, it's important to explore how can I uh, make decisions more efficiently. Got it. All right. Love it. So, George, we get into the, uh, the point of the podcast where it's, a, it's the blitz period. 
And so you're familiar with football. And in practice, there's certain periods that you have. Well, this is the blitz period. So I'm going to fire off a couple of questions at you. And um, just you just fire them off pretty quick. You're, you're the quarterback. I'm blitzing you. You got to get rid of the ball pretty quick. Sounds good. All right. Am I? Am I? Am I? Uh, am I like a Joe Montana or am I like a Michael Vick? You who? <laughs> I said, you know what? You who? Whoever you want to be, you can be. You can okay. be that person. Okay. <laughs> good All question. Right, I'm ready. Um, what's the uh, book you're reading right now? Uh, the Artist's Way: A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. Mm, okay. How do you relax? Meditation, uh, exercise, and journaling. Okay. And when do you um, when do you meditate? Is it in the morning? Is it at night? Is it whenever you can? Whenever I can. You know, having two wild and crazy toddlers, uh, ideally it would be in the morning, but uh, usually not. Mm, okay. Um, knowing what you know now. What would you tell your 23-year-old self? This one, this is a powerful question. Mm. Yeah, because at that time, man, it was a rough time, rough patch in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I would just say, hey, keep your head up. Everything is going to work out. Stay focused. Mm. That's good. Favorite net Netflix show? I assume you, you know, watch I, Netflix. I, I, no, I'm not a Netflix guy. I'm not okay. a Netflix guy. But if but if I do have to pick something, I do like to watch documentaries. So right now, one of my favorite ones is uh, the Tony Robbins "I'm Not Your Guru" documentary. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. I'm not your yeah, guru. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> and what is that? Is that on? Uh, is it on Netflix? Is that, well, I guess it's not. It's on. Yes, sir. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. I'm yes, not sir. your that's guru. That's on Netflix. Okay. Um, well, okay, well, the blitz period is done. You're safe. You're good to go. <laughs> you did a pretty good job. I got rid of the ball. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> um, man, any, any more strategies or tips um, for my listeners? I mean, you, you've dropped some, some, really, some really huge gems uh, today, but I'm just wanna, I just want to scrape the plate. So do you have anything, any other strategies or tips for, for my listeners? You know, what's coming up for me right now, Alex, is, is to, to choose happiness first. Because I think sometimes, you know, especially for us who are achievers and goal-oriented, I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to experience happiness until we achieve a goal or until we fulfill some sort of external uh, quota or goal that we have. Um, but if we just take the fast track and say, you know what, I'm going to be happy first. Like that's, that's my goal is to be happy. Um, I think what tends to happen is we shift from waiting for things to happen and then giving ourselves permission to be happy to just being happy. Cause that's the goal of life anyway, is joy to be happy, to feel a sense of love and, and fulfillment in life. And I think that we can do that right now, we don't have to wait for anything outside of us. You know, there was a, a study that was done, I think at Harvard that showed, because I think a lot of times we chase the money as, as a way to, to, to think that that's going to provide us more happiness. But there was a study that was done and uh, I'm just going to kind of quiz you real quick. Uh, after, after making an annual amount of this number, uh, happiness does not significantly increase after this number. Any idea what that annual money dollar amount is? Oh man, uh, happiness is not. I don't a hundred hundred k. Yeah, that's pretty close actually. After seventy five thousand dollars, studies show that there is no significant increase in happiness after that. And so I, you know, I think sometimes we get disillusioned by this idea that if, you know, if I make millions, then I'll be happy, but the studies don't show that, you know, uh, it doesn't increase much after 75 K. So, you know, obviously you have financial goals, but don't make it the end all be all be happy right now. Mm, I like that. Definitely. George, is there, um, how can my listeners get more of George Carroll? You have a website, you have, you know, can you let my listeners know on social media? I know you said you was kind of taking a break, but um, how can my, my, my listeners get more of you? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, everything that we kind of discussed today, they can find on my website at greatestyear.us. Got it. Greatest, greatestyear.us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's some free content on there. We did a, we put together a 90-minute a documentary, just kind of showing people a behind-the-scenes look at our three-day event, uh, some of the transformations that happen. So that's on there totally for free. And um, and my book's on there if people want to purchase it as well. Uh, but that's the best place to go. Oh, absolutely. That's so cool. So um, also, if, if, if my listeners want to kind of book you for uh, for a speech or to, I don't know, maybe do a virtual, uh, a virtual keynote. Can they find out that information on that same website? For that, I would probably go to uh, my corporate speaking website. And that one is gcspeaker.com. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want it all, man. Come on. You, you hold it. (laughs) (laughs) I want it all. I want my listeners to, to know all about you. So, um, is there any, you know, social media or anything like that? Yeah, I'm most active and lately not active at all, but m- most active on LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, George, man, it's been a, a, a great pleasure. You've taught me some, some things that I'm going to start to implement um, in my life. And um, hopefully, you know, there's others out there that do the same. Uh, you've, um, you know, ever since I met you, you've been uh, 100 with me. And, um, you know, I really look to, you know, to, to hang out with you, spend some more time with you, man. You've been great. Yeah. I look forward to that too, man. I I feel real heart connection with you. Like, you know, we're soul brothers on some level and, and I look forward to, to more time as well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the shark effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you i break it down i lay down the foundation of who you want to be I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.